gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, super friends. Welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 131 for New Comic Book Day, February or March 6th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Rose, and sitting along with me back in the basement of the Hall of Justice with me is my good buddy, back. Vern. Welcome home, Vern. Hello, hello. So I hope Black Canary didn't kick your, um, hurt you too much when she was doing the training last week. <laughs> well, you know how that that's always going to hurt is Black Canary. At least it's not Wildcat. So. Yeah. Well, we had, I had to let everybody know because we no secrets around here. You were we, you were at Mountain Justice getting the training with the rest of the Young Justice crew. Dude. Oh, my gosh. I'm we, we got some secrets. We're going to reveal them back for uh, part two of the season. So you'll see how oh, that yeah. turns out. Sweet. And uh, we also have a special guest. All the way from the Tales from the Darkness podcast in the strange and unusual universes, back through the Marvel universes, we have our good friend, Bart. Hey, everyone. Bart, you've been all over the place recently. Yeah, I I feel like I haven't had a night to myself. <laughs> I've, been on every, I've been on everyone else's shows. A little tiring? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you on here. Um, and, well, before we get too far into this, um, Bart's not got a chance to see it, but Vern, we've not had a chance to talk Doom Patrol yet. Oh, no, we got a lot to talk about. Dude, Doom Patrol is totally crazy in all the best ways. It's the only thing I keep, keep saying on this. Um, yeah, what's your, you've not talked about it at all on here, so what do you think of Doom Patrol so far? I'm uh, I'm loving it. I think this is a better show than Titans. Like for me, at least it's one of my favorites, and it goes back to me saying one of my favorite episodes from Titans was the Doom Patrol episode. And I know we switched out some actors: the Chief, uh, Negative Man, and Crazy Jane. I don't even think she was in the first one. Yeah, but, she wasn't in the Titans episode. No, um, but I'm loving everything about the show. I'm loving Brendan Fraser is my favorite character on the show. <laughs> the ro- yeah, I, robot. No, he's just a voice, but I love him. Roma Man almost, not quite, but almost reminds me of um, the robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, he's a little bit. He does, that, doesn't he? He's, he's not that quite weird that strength. depressed yet, but... <laughs> he's the, the, the attitude. Yeah. The robot from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide always seems like on the verge of suicidal. <laughs> right, and that's basically Robot Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's weird seeing Cyborg in the show, though. That's the one... Like, I like him on the show, but it's so it's yeah. different. Well, that it's a different Cyborg than we've seen. Yeah, this, well, to me, this one kind of yeah, goes back, uh, what was the Super Friends, uh, Guardians of the Universe? Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Not Guardians of, not Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, oh man, Galactic... Oh, it was the Galactic Guardians, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, this more the Cyborg, because he didn't have a mother box or anything, basically just a lab accident that happened to turn yeah. him into Cyborg, so I don't mind that, going back to his roots before they uh, did the New 52. <laughs> And the change to his origin in general is a little weird that um, he's looking like it looks like he actually caused the death of his mother in the accident that um, 
it was a lab explosion and he seemed like he was so far from what they've shown he looks like he's actually fine with the fact that he's now a cyborg yeah he's not Whereas hiding most, so much yeah most he's other versions hero yeah most other versions we've seen he's a lot more angsty a lot more um very upset with his dad for doing this to him yeah um and this one they're making his dad more of the mean dad uh Mm-hmm. And he's always willing to help, but he doesn't not always the best way from what we've seen. And yeah. it uh, seems like he didn't really cause the accident because remember, he was doing surveillance, uh, surveillance rewind in his uh, head. Yeah, I was going to get for that. It does not look like the explosion comes from the direction that he hit the stuff. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if uh, Mr. Nobody had something to do with that. It's quite possible. Uh, I was actually I guess I was um, proven wrong because I always thought I, or I first thought when I heard Cyborg was coming to Doom Patrol after seeing the first episode of Doom Patrol, I figured we would get the angsty cyborg that really has no idea um, what to do with this cyborg implants and stuff. And that would have been perfect for Doom Patrol as just another one of the misfits that has no idea what to do. Yeah, but he's the one that's actually leading the team. Yeah. So it'd be interesting he's to been, see what happens. He's been out there for five years and, and now it makes sense. Remember how you were saying how he looks so young and I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Then they explained in there. Remember uh, the dad said once he put all the cybernetic stuff in his body, kind of just stunning his age, stunning his growth. Yeah. So like, okay. That was a good explanation. They'll probably update him at some point once he gets older, depending on how long the show lasts and they can explain it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the next, what we actually have our first actual news story though, is more doom patrol, but it's doom patrol and Titans together. Really? Mm-hmm. And the next two stories really go together anyway, because, uh, in this second episode of doom patrol, you can see the show cyborg flipping what would be his version of flipping through channels on TV because he's looking through uh, all the news feeds on it in his head and he comes across a news headline that has an interesting possible Titans tie in mm-hmm. um, as he looks through the different stories on his display. Um, he's uh, we see an incident with a father in Metropolis pleading not guilty to charges of being responsible for a freeway accident that resulted in the deaths of five people. Now, he claims his car was hit by a naked man with a dog, which, if anybody saw the post credit scene of the Titans Season 1, uh, Cadmus is in Metropolis. Right. And there is a naked Superboy running around with his dog Crypto right now. Yeah, which is so weird still that Crypto and him are the ones running around, not Superman and Crypto. Um, well, yeah, it's weird that Crypto is actually looks like he's a cyborg or a um, clone, clone of something. So um, there's... So that looks like it means that what's happening in Doom Patrol right now is right after Titans finished up. Now, there was um, another headline in there that is kind of interesting. Which is also going right back to Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, with a in 39-year-old this- woman found dead in her house and uh, got shot in the head. No. that Where's that one from? The second one. Uh, remember the yeah. first episode of Titans that happened to Raven's oh, mother? Oh, I see what, you're, I see what you're doing. Okay, I, you're looking at the picture. Okay. And yeah, I, for that, some reason I can bigger. zoom in on that a little bit better with me. I'm trying to zoom in on it. <laughs> it's not letting me. Okay. Yeah, we get the Metropolis Father. The next one is 39. That one um, that one actually could be another. Uh, no, wait. That is another one. Because if yeah. you look at the house, that's Raven's mom. Yep. Each one, of, while I was looking at all these, each one of them actually goes back to either what happened in, I think every one of them actually is in Titans, except for the one, um, uh, where is that? The one with uh, the Doom Patrol. 
for uh, Cloverton, Ohio. That's the only one from the show. Everything else was from Titan. So I'm liking yeah, the, the way they're tying in everything. Yeah, the Detroit State Board vote to um, establish metahuman laws. That one is in effect because of what happened in Titans. Mm-hmm. Then the chaos is what we saw in uh, Cloverton in the first episode of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Well, then the last one is the one that's very interesting because it has a couple of possibilities. The headline is Dazed a... and Confused Brazilian Woman with Green right. Green Eyes found walking into traffic on the freeway in downtown Detroit and police suspect foul play. Now, the first thing you would think would possibly be Raven or Starfire, which was like right. Raven because, but because she has green eyes, but, but she's not Brazilian. But she's not Brazilian. So that one, could it possibly be in um, the, we pulled this off of CBR.com. Their speculation is what's the chance that it's Beatrice DaCosta, which uh, DC fans will know possibly as fire. Yep. And fire yeah, the is Brazilian a Brazilian superhero what, green eyes. Right. So it could be. And if so, I wonder what we're going to see her. I feel like she would be more of a Doom Patrol character, but she also needs her counterpart with her, I feel like. Yeah, fire and ice. see if we can get ice in there. Well, they had yeah. um, Hawk and Dove, so maybe we'll right. get fire and ice also. Hopefully. And that could be Titans, but I don't think she was never part of the Titans. I don't remember. I think they may have been at some, at, uh, back in the mid-80s maybe sometime. We do have the Google. I shall take a look. Yeah. Why don't you look at that while I look up? We have actually casting for season two of, of Titans. And um, DC Universe Titans, they've cast Joshua Orpin as Connor Kent, a.k.a. Superboy. And according to this, is reportedly to be a key character in the series' second season. Well, that's kind of an understatement since the, mm-hmm. the first season was ended by seeing him. Now, um, according to the description of the TV role, Superboy, a.k.a. Connor Kent, is the angsty teenager of steel searching for purpose and the truth about his past. While looking for answers, he crashes into the world of the Titans where he finds an unlikely home and surrogate family, as well as revelations that carry more complications than he ever bargained for. Which is interesting because that sounds a lot like actually the more modern version of Connor Kent. Yeah. Which you see from Young Um, Justice. Which I'm one well... As we uh, know from when he was first created, Superman was dead when uh, original story took place. Yeah, and anybody who so saw know, the Reign of the Superman, well, anybody who saw the Reign of the Superman movie, that was the original Superboy, cocky and all. Right, not the Young Justice version. That's the yeah. one everybody knows now. I feel like, uh, and I guess they're going to play on that, which is so strange that we haven't got Tim Drake or any other younger second generation of Titans. Yeah. Well, no, uh, yeah, uh-huh. we have, um, well, I don't know, was Jason Todd ever actually part of the Titans? Yeah, but he was in the first wave. Well, basically when Nightwing was too uh, heartbroken over Starfire, um, Don Troy got her team of Hawk, uh, Jason Todd, her Aqualad came back, and Speedy came back. And they uh, had, a, I think, about six-issue run with that. Okay. So Jason Todd did take over as Robin at one point. Uh, but our Dick Grayson was Nightwing. He just couldn't be a leader. Yeah. Well, um, this is going to be interesting because, like I said, it is the Connor Kent. The one thing, though, this is the Connor Kent most people are going to recognize, at least. Right. The, he is my – he's my favorite. That's my favorite version of him. I watched Reign of Superman, but still I grew up with the Jeff Johns run of him. Yeah. And that was the black shirt with the red S. See that that's the big difference here because I was reading comics back when the um when his original version was introduced in the nineties, so that was always Superboy for me. 
So when I saw yeah. with Young Justice, I'm like, well, that's different. I mean, it's fun, but it still feels like a totally different character. Yeah, he's a lot more broody, too, instead of trying to look yeah. cool. <laughs> well, that, that's one thing I'm glad with season three of Young Justice that they changed up some. He's not as broody anymore. Yeah. He's grown as a character and he's learned things. Yeah, he is. He's got the Clark Kent in him coming out more into Lex Luthor. Mm hmm. So we got one more story actually that affects DC Universe, but this one's actually kind of interesting because I was wondering a while ago if this was going to be on there. Have any of you ever seen, um, have Bart or um, Vern, have you seen the Shazam TV series from the 70s? No. I know about it. I never watched it. I'd never even heard of it until I saw this image, and it's like, oh, that exists. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> Actually, and it had three seasons on CBS from 1974 to 1976. And as of today, because it came out yesterday on March 5th, we actually put the shows out on Wednesday. It'll be the 6th. The, all three seasons have been digitally remastered and up into HD, and they will be available on the DC Universe streaming service. Now, this was I've seen probably four or five episodes from the first season. And this was a totally, well, not totally different take on Shazam himself, but everything around him was different. Um, now, CBS did it as half of a, originally the show was a two-hour or a one-hour show, and it was like a D, some kind of a superhero action hour thing they had done, with Shazam being half a half-hour show and the power of ISIS being a half-hour show. Now, ISIS is one that people are wondering if we're going to actually see or not. Uh, she's a character, I believe, out of the Hawk lore, mostly, because it is the goddess Isis from I, from Egypt. And I don't remember exactly how her powers and stuff worked, but I think um, the original the character originally was created for that show, or it came out of the Hawk world lore. I don't remember. Wait, it, this, is this the Isis that we are getting in um, Le Legends? Actually, um, no. It's a it's a different character than that than Isis there. I believe no 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 that is yeah that is Isis from the, that's in Legends of Tomorrow now. Right. They they definitely uh watered down her powers in Legends by wondering and how well, hard is she that was because they didn't want to use the name. Yeah. Right. So I had to switch it up a little bit. When the character yeah, was created she, in the seventies, it didn't have the same connotations that it does now. Yeah. So but the Shazam series was actually produced by the now defunct was a filmation. Uh, series, which is interesting because it was a live-action Filmation series, and Filmation was known for their animation more. Because you got to remember, He-Man was Filmation. A lot of the DC um, superhero stuff from the early runs, from the 60s, was all Filmation. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's taking it back, but yeah, well, it was. This was a live. This was live-action show from Filmation. It starred Michael Gray as Billy Batson, Jason Bostwick as um, Captain Marvel in the first season, and then John Davey as Captain Marvel in seasons two and three. So they actually, Captain Marvel changed into in the different seasons. Then it had mm. Les Tremaine as Billy's guardian, which is, his only name was The Mentor. I remember you telling me that. So, and actually he was very similar to, um, do you remember Billy's uncle? Um, which is the uncle that he lives with? It's not Thaddeus. Um, it's not Savannah. It's the other one that he actually lives with. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Uh, I don't remember his name. I was thinking of Savannah when you said that. It's very. Yeah. Well, this is very similar to that character, the um, old guy that he lives with. Usually, that was what the mentor was like. But they, um, it says CBS Shazam was known for its significant departure from the source material. The wizard known as Shazam is not in the series at all, but Billy instead gets his powers directly from 
the six immortal elders that make up the Shazam name. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and uh, Mercury. The series also revolved around Billy and the Mentor traveling around the U.S. in an RV, with Billy transforming into Captain Marvel along the way to offer assistance to anyone who actually needed it. So they um, basically just remade The Incredible Hulk. Basically, <laughs> well, no, this was before The Incredible Hulk. This was before Hulk. Yeah, well, this, you said this came out in... 74 to 76. The Hulk, I think, was out in 77. So the okay. Hulk copied Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> but it says it was often teaching life lessons to viewers in the process because this was obviously aimed at kids directly. Now you think we'll get the 44 film of uh, The Ventures of Shazam. That would be interesting. Or the, or the, maybe the movie serials. Yeah. Because Captain Marvel had movie serials back in the day. Now it says there was he 28 did. episodes of Shazam. And it says here, okay, it was actually part of the CBS Saturday morning lineup. Yeah, and um, it was a 12-part film, uh, the serial, wasn't it? Yes, it was Republic parts. Films, um, 1941, The Adventures of Captain Marvel um, was also out there. Uh, let me see what else we have in here. Okay, then the rest actually just talks about the movie that's coming up on April 5th. But um, this is worth a watch at least once. That's just like um, the other ones that are on there, the um, Legends of the Super for Superheroes. Remember that one that's on there, Vern? Mm-hmm. The late 70s uh, Justice League, they had like two half-hour episodes, which was oh, yeah. interesting. Um, and had, when, if you watch them together, if you're lucky, you just sit there for like a whole hour and just they always do one part, two part, one part, two part. Yeah. On their season finales, it was usually a three-parter. Well, no, for this one, there was only just – it was um, two episodes and that was it. They were like a um, TV movie. One was, remember, it was like a This Is Your Life or something like that. Oh, I thought you were talking about Justice League uh... – ones from 2004 <laughs> no 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 i'm talking the late 70s this shazam ah. has a very similar feel to those um ones from the late 70s that they made the legends of the superheroes that had adam west and burt ward came back as um batman uh, and joker yeah. or batman and robin yeah. and they had like um riddler and some of the other characters that were already um uh, batman villains in it yeah they had uh penguin was in there i think for a bit wasn't he possibly uh, they are not good at all it was amazing to see that they're on the DC. It's amazing to see that they're on the DC universe, and it's great to watch once. But I think I would watch I watch the Star Wars holiday special more often than I would that. Oh God! And I, I actually find um, the holiday special kind of cute. It's not amazing, <laughs> and it has its problems, what? but it ha- it was kind of cool for what it was. So, but Shazam is also still in the news because. We kind of got a movie coming up next month. Yeah, we do. On April 5th, Shazam hits theaters, which is interesting because anybody who doesn't know, until the new 52 run of um, Shazam, Shazam had a different name. Shazam's name was, and still is to this day, though they don't use it, Captain Marvel. Exactly. Now, I'm always going to call him that. There was I always say back and Shazam, forth. Or if you don't know, but I like call him Captain Marvel. Yeah. Well, there was lawsuits back and forth between DC and Marvel for years So, yeah, for the Captain Marvel name. And I believe DC eventually won it, and then mm-hmm. the court said, hey, Captain Marvel's been around longer. He can, they can use the name. But I believe Marvel was able to use it also. Yeah, that's why we got um, his name changed to just Shazam in the new movie and in the new 52. Um, but now we got the Captain Marvel movie coming out. That's why this whole thing has been starting on the internet. Yeah. Which Captain Marvel are people going to go see? And uh, fans of Winnelow. I don't even know fans, but 
certain people out there uh, started bashing the Captain Marvel film of Marvel um, and was wondering if DC had anything to do with that. But, yeah. no, it's just a conspiracy theory, just people being people. <laughs> yeah, haters are going to be haters, and for some reason they've decided that uh, there is now a rival... Uh, um, Anonymous peoples on the internet have decided that Captain Marvel and Shazam should have a major rivalry between each other, and um, it's led to actually Netflix changing their uh, their policies and procedures on their website. Uh, not Netflix, um, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Because Captain Marvel was getting slammed in reviews, and the movie's not even out till the end of this week. Yeah, it got so bad they had to change up how they do. Uh, basically, if a movie has not came out yet, you can't comment on there or say anything negative yeah. about it, which they well, should have done a long time ago. Well, I don't know why is, I wasn't featured before. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, why were you able to re- actually post reviews of a movie if it's not been released? Right, so. Uh, so I think they did like that this. for a lot of the uh, now, people that do those test screenings. They can use anonymous accounts on there, and they can say yeah. their opinion. But then it's like, even if you didn't see, you can still log in and do it. So, bad, exactly. bad feature. <laughs> well, um, Zachary Levi jumped to Instagram Live um, and to, ju- to get in the middle of this and try to stop it a little bit. And he said straight up, there is no conspiracy. Uh, these are direct quotes from him. It says, there are people out there making inflammatory, defamatory, and completely fictitious reviews and posts of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and trying to pitch Shazam against it, saying they're going to support us and not them because of things that, um, the things they are, by the way, making up. Uh, let's see. And he's uh, talking about, obviously, the review bombing they were trying to do on Captain Marvel. It says, for anyone out there who thinks they're you're doing me a favor or you're doing Shazam a favor or Warner Brothers, you're not. This is not helping anyone or anything. There is no competition. And he the goes problem, on to say, huh? The, the whole problem with this is the fact that, like, the main audience that they're going to get for these movies don't know about the history of the name and probably don't care. Exactly. That, and most of the people that are review bombing Captain Marvel are going to go see it anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. How else, how yeah. else are they going to uh, review bomb it even more? Exactly. Without having seen it. We got the same thing with Deadpool 2. We got the same thing with Black Panther. We're getting it with Captain Marvel. Um, we got it with Wonder Woman too. Um <laughs> I think it's not going to lie. I think it's just a lot of uh, people not liking either changing of characters or the um, gender of these characters. And then they want to they know it's an easy target. They can get in the media and have headlines about, oh, bomb this, bomb that. And then the movie comes out and everyone loves it. It's happened before. But once again, just keeps getting done by these dummies. (laughs) And it is, as I keep saying on all of this type of stuff, it's a very vocal very minority. There's a very yeah. small part of fandom that wants to be angry and wants to stir up controversy anywhere they can. The problem yeah, is the was, internet makes them look like there's a whole lot more than there actually is. Exactly. Remember uh, because they changed the race of in Thor, uh, Idris Elba's character, uh, Hamdal? Yeah. There was a couple people in there like, we're not going to go see it. We're protesting. It still made like a uh, buttload of money. So it's like yeah. even that little amount of people that didn't go see it, it's not like you're going to hurt the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Don't see it. It's not going to matter. Yeah. And actually, anybody who's offended by this, don't go see it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of us will enjoy it. Yeah. We, we don't need them. <laughs> we don't need them. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad Zachary Levi cleared stuff. And I think a lot of them also, not trying to lie, were, I know we're a DC podcast, but a lot of them were DC fanboys, I feel like, too, that were just like, any way I can bash the other Marvel guy, Marvel movie, I'm going to do. And it's like, it's that's not the whole point of it. We're all comic fans. I would not fans. call them can fanboys. Just, They're not. Can we just all agree on having fun with watching a movie? It's a movie. Yeah. I would not be have a problem with going on or officially jumping in here and saying that these guys are not fans. Mm, okay. I can I can so, second that. What'd you have there, Bart? I heard you trying to jump in there. Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zachary went on to say some more here. He says, just because Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel way back in the day doesn't mean that somehow Brie or, Captain, or Marvel's Captain Marvel is pitted against us, which is interesting because way back in the day, it's like seven or eight years ago. <laughs> but yeah. he says, we're both movies and we're b- both going to be out in theaters at the same uh, similar times. And the irony of that timing is really interesting for sure. But there is no conspiracy. Anyone out there who's holding on to some bone like that or like they need to pick a side or pick a fight is sorely mistaken. I really hope you'll just chill on that. Don't go and engage in that kind of behavior anymore. If you want to believe, or if you want to be passionate about either movie, rock and roll. If you want to be passionate about both movies, rock and roll. But this is really low. Uh, this is really low blow kind of stuff. To be lying is the bottom of the yeah. To be lying is the bottom of the barrel. But to be lying in an attempt to discredit somebody is really really sad. So, uh, and I, knowing stuff I've seen about Zachary Levi and stuff. He's going to go see Captain Marvel on opening day if he doesn't get to go to the premiere. He and would it, see it whether he was in the movie or not. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, he'll go see – he's going to be see Captain Marvel probably a couple of times. He's one of us. Yeah. And hopefully the um, Captain Marvel – the people who make Captain Marvel for Marvel are going to be coming to see Shazam. Oh, so yeah. They it, will. It is kind of a coincidence um, or um, an interesting coincidence that – Marvel's Captain Marvel and DC's Captain Marvel movies got made at the same time. I'm sure there was, a, there was a board on somewhere. One of the studios said, hey, let's do it this way. And I they knew like what they, they were doing. But... And, uh, now, see, that's what we call a friendly rivalry. Yeah. You, you can't have a rivalry with this, but just make it friendly. It's like, I wonder which one's going to come out first. Oh, let's see. Let's plan a date. Ah, uh, that happened. Now, let's see yeah. who makes more money. Um, who's going to see more of it? But that's just a friendly rivalry. I mean, even... Um, who was that? Bob Kane. Before he died, him and Stan Lee's had the same thing when it came to the Spider-Man movie and Batman movie. They had the same thing going on. Oh, Which one's going to take the box office? So, uh, and in this new modern days, we now see a lot of these comic book franchise superhero films are just skyrocketing. And every time we come to the theater, it's making a lot of money, and a lot of fans go back to see it several times. Which we're probably going to do with this too. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be a busy two months, though. We got. Captain Marvel coming out this week. April right. 5th is uh, Shazam, and I believe it's two weeks later we get Infinity War Part 2. Oh my goodness, you're right. I forgot about that movie. Because that's all. Infinity War is the end of April, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Then right in June, I think. Unless they push it July. up to May. Like yeah, they're moving at this point. And then we're going to get uh, Spider Man after that. So Yeah, Spider Man's in July, I believe. Yep. And then the next, uh, I think the next thing we get is the Joker. Oh, wait. <laughs> it can be good and I will go see it I'm not happy about it coming out but hey it wasn't made for me obviously and also you, I, you can donate the money to that movie <laughs> all, it's, it's uh 
Joaquin Phoenix, and I I think he's an amazing actor. And the one reason why I'm not mad about the movie being made is because they are pushing. At least that's what they're telling us. This is in a different universe. This is in a different world. It's not in there with Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, uh, Man of Steel, Justice League. It's a different universe. They're making it. They just want to make this version of the Joker. So I'll yeah. take that. And as we've learned uh, since two years ago, there's three different versions of Joker in the comic books right now. Yeah. So and we're still I mean, got we've gotten you know. promises that that's going to get cleared up and fi- and we're, they're going to explain it in Black Label. They just got to get more Black Label up and running again, which we'll get to yeah, here in I a couple think that minutes. Batman. I don't know. I we're not going to get into that too much, but I think that really gave him a big setback. To be honest with you. Yeah, the reaction to Batman changed a couple things, which, like I said, we'll get to that here in a couple minutes. Um, but we do have one more quick movie story, and this one is a departure again. Now, we've had a lot of – recently we've had a lot of actors stepping away from roles in um, Warner Brothers in D.C. This one's not really a surprise, but it is sort of. still sucks. <laughs> Looks like um, Suicide Squad 2 is getting made, and um, and we do have James Gunn directing it and writing it, but he'll have to be doing it without Will Smith. So it looks like our original uh, Deadshot, Will Smith, will not be in Suicide Squad 2. He was one of my favorite parts of the movie, him and Margot Robbie. Yeah, he actually did pretty good as um, Deadshot. Yeah. Well, according so, um, to the studio, it looks like um, it was a mutual departing, and it, it was more of a scheduling than anything else. Yeah. Will Smith couldn't, with where Warner Brothers wanted to shoot it, Will Smith, I guess, was already scheduled to do something else, obviously. So they just couldn't come to an agreement, and he's stepped away. This type, this type of thing happens all the time. So, oh yeah, it does. Just, yeah. just, just sucks that he won't be in the second one. Yeah. I, my, like I said, my thing is for as Justice League, you have Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. You need those three characters to me. Yeah. Uh, for Suicide Squad, you need Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. Now that we don't have Deadshot, that's like having a Justice League movie without Batman or well, Superman. It just doesn't feel right. That's really the newest incarnation of the Suicide Squad because the Suicide Squad goes all the way back to the 80s and he's not been in all all the different iterations of it. No, most of them he has. Deadshot and Boomerang have. And, and then look the now, new one came yeah. along, then it was Harley. Yeah, so well, if you look like, now, the, the Suicide Squad Black Files, he's not part of the Suicide Squad Black. Right. They're magic, but that's the magic unit, but still. Right, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was a different unit, but, like, the main team still had, like, Deadshot on there, so... I we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what goes with this. I mean, they can. Re- I don't know if they're going to replace the actor or just not even use the character at all. I uh, I would say just don't don't even use Deadshot. Bring in a whole new squad, or you can even bring in Harley. But the rest of it. Oh, you know Margot. You know Margot Robbie's not giving this up. Whatever scheduling she's got going on, she's like, can I play Harley? I got to cancel something else. Yeah. Um, but maybe we might see Deadshot or not Deadshot. Maybe we might see Deathstroke, uh, Bronze Tiger. Who knows. I think that'd be pretty cool if they yeah. actually uh, get um, what's the guy's name that was playing uh, Deathstroke? Oh, um, yeah, Deathstroke oh. from the Justice League movies and stuff is um, Joe Manganiello, Man, isn't it? Yeah, give him back his Deathstroke suit, let him suit up for that, and join the Suicide Squad. I think he could replace Deadshot for well, this movie. Could, yeah, he could definitely replace Deadshot. I don't know if he's ever been part of the Suicide Squad, was he? Yes, he was. I and can see 52. him letting them put a brain bomb in him. Well. Spoiler alert. Um, basically, he was a double agent for Amanda Wall. He was there, but wasn't there. Is that, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, he uh, was there to help them out, and then when he could, he, of course, betrayed them. Well, yeah. But um, a lot of people are saying, uh, thinking maybe they'll put uh, Black Manta in there since you're just in the Aquaman movie, and we are getting a cheetah 
she was a part of the team New 52 um, as well. So maybe she'll be in there since they're making her in Wonder Woman. I don't know. But uh, we, we they got a lot of characters they can pick from, but I know Harley's going to be in this next movie. There's no yeah. way Margot's giving that up. That, that's kind of their selling piece for all of them. Yeah. I still don't think she needs to be in Birds of Prey, but that's another no, conversation. No, 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 she doesn't. <laughs> Especially if we're getting her, but not Barbara Gordon. Yeah, that's what bothers me. Wait, I'm like, what? wait a minute. That sounds what? like that's that's the only character in Birds of Prey that we have not heard anything about is Barbara Gordon. Huntress is in. If she's no. not in there, well, then DC can just quit getting my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's we know that's um, exactly the Birds right, of Prey yeah. movie. We know already has Harley Quinn for some reason, but um, Huntress is in it. Black Canary's in it. Uh, Orphan is in it, which is fine by me. But we have not seen anything. Black Mask is in it. I, there's not been any confirmation one way or the other for either Oracle, Batgirl, or Barbara Gordon. No, she's not been mentioned at all in this. I've never seen anybody say that she's not in it either. But, but they haven't. I feel like that. I feel like that would have been their selling point. Yeah, because they it's these. It's the uh, whole thing of having a Batman character in there, but instead using Barbara, we're using Harley, which well, I don't. I'll say we like do I have said, a Batman character in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two of them. There's two Batman characters in there. Well, Black Orphan. Mask, but he's a villain. Well, no, Black yeah. Mask, but Orphan's a Batman character. She's a True, detective. but I don't think she's going to be Orphan in here. I mean, the character is, but I don't, she's so young, I don't think she's going to um, become Orphan yet. Yeah. I think she's going to be, what's her real name? Or her? Oh, um, Cassandra? Yeah, she because it says consent, consent, uh, <laughs> Cassandra Kane on the um, casting list, but with everybody yeah. else is Huntress, Harley Quinn, Black Mask. You know what you always know, gets so. me confused, though, is um, Orphan and Batwoman, because you have Cassandra Kane and Kate Kane. They're right. not related. One's with a C, one's with a K on the last name. Well, and Cassandra yeah. Kane used to be Batgirl. Yeah. So uh, it, it's that'd all be confusing. Weird. That'd be weird if they just put her in a Batgirl role and don't even use Barbara. Wait, wait, like, wait. No. Cassandra Kane. Yeah, but her Batgirl was so much different. Oh, yeah, yeah they're completely. She was... Like the anti-hero version of that woman. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Batgirl. So was that Orphan? Was Batgirl? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. She was the second Batgirl. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah, and then that's when we had Cassie come in. Was there Cassie? Was that Cat? Um, the, the third one? Yeah. God, what's... It's not Cassie. Um, Can't help me. She's in Detective. Uh, are you talking about Yeah, oh. I'm... Robin's girlfriend, uh, Tim Terry's yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, you're talking about spoiler. Yeah. Um, Stephanie. Stephanie Brown. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you, jeez. Yeah. yeah, I knew she was Robin, was, and then she was I Batgirl. was really mad when she, when suddenly she just vanished out of the story because they were when New 52 came out. Oh, dude, New, New 52 screwed up so many characters. But yeah, then they brought her back as, um, I can't even think of the character's name. But yeah, when they brought her back, it was like, okay, I like this now. Yeah, that's why she was on the team, um, the Bat Family, uh, and Detective, with along with Clayface, Batwoman. Uh, basically, all everybody you can think of was on that. So, um, I but like I said, she's so young right now. I don't think they're gonna even have her under. Same as uh, Renee Montoya, she's in the movie, but doesn't say she's questioned. She's just Renee Montoya. Yeah, uh, actually, you were talking about um, New Fifty Two. You guys haven't had a chance to read Action One Thousand and Eight yet, have you? Yeah. With Jimmy. Yeah, I showed the I showed you this um, I, earlier you today. Showed me, I looked at it like I looked at the uh, issue when I got home, but I didn't look through it. I well, saw it and I was like, I feel like that's the biggest thing in there. 
The coolest thing in this is an Easter egg that was put in. Now, Bart, you've been you've read action since uh, Bendis took over, right? Since after one thousand? No, I have not. Well, the opening page of each issue of Detective is usually a drawing of someone's desk with all their notes around and everything else. All someone at the newspaper is their desk. This one, I'm assuming, is Jimmy because of all the conspiracy theory stuff that's in here. But one of the, there's a post-it note underneath a bunch of other things on his desk. And it's a little Easter egg that we get to find around. One part of it is another Easter egg here. It says um, the hero dial is in, in the wild, which we know dial H for heroes coming. It says need location. Then it says watch list, apostle dead baby in tombs, just transferred to bell rev crossed out was Sam lane. Now, if you've, um, once you read this book, you understand that. Then it has Amanda Waller, Steve Trevor, and Bones on this. Dr. Fate, James Gordon, Joshua Williamson, and Kate Spencer. Now, everybody there, I'm not sure about Kate Spencer, but everybody else on that list are fictional DC characters except for Joshua Williamson, who is one of the writers for DC Comics right now. So that's just some of the fun Easter eggs if you scroll through these um, things they have. on the If you look through these desks... And look through all the stuff that's actually there. Um, now, they, one of them is one of these here is a list of covert organizations. You can tell just by knowing what these are. You have crossed out DEO, crossed out Cobra Cult, and then you get Argus Spiral, Sugar and Spice, or Sugar and Spike Incorporated, uh, Checkmate, Shade, and Cadmus. That's a, another just kind of cool one. But the really sweet one that's behind stuff, you see crises we know about. So this tells you in the current DC continuity. Which of the crises are still are actually happened as are recognized? It has the Infinite Earths Crisis, which is the original '80s Crisis on Infinite Earths, Crisis in Time, which is Zero Hour from the '90s, the Infinite Crisis from the 2000s, Final Crisis from the 2000s, and then um, it has it down as the Flashpoint Crisis, the Convergence Crisis, which I didn't read Convergence at all. Did you, Vern? Or Bart? No, I did not. Did you guys read? Did you Bart it, read Convergence? It was very confusing. Okay. It Boy, it felt like it was supposed to be Rebirth, but by the end, absolutely nothing changed. Ah, okay. Mm. Well, then um, Rebirth um, isn't connected on here, but it does have the Dark Multiverse Crisis. Um, I was uh just looking through some more stuff on uh, CBR to see if there was anything else I could pull out. Uh, found two things. Don't know if they're worth talking about, but okay. I did not know Matt Bomber uh, screen tested for um, Man of Steel, but now he's playing Negative Man, and I, him and to me Henry Cavill look alike. <laughs> I just think, yeah, oh, actually, he does have a similar look Henry to Superman. Instead. Say what? He does have a similar look to our current Superman. Yeah, he does. I wonder if that's why they're like, dang it, he's not gonna play. We wanted him. Let's get that Henry Cavill guy. He looks like Matt Bomber. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. I, so I just saw that, and that was a little something. Not like I said, nothing big to talk about, but a little, a little okay. bit of trivia. Well, we do have one more news story, and this one's basically a clarification, and it's given us a, a an actual through line now. The um, DCComicsNews.com actually went through and uh, put together. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've heard a lot of stuff about DC cutting their line. Um, canceling different books, uh, canceling the Walmart hundred page giants, and um, and then that's not ending, and then it is ending again. Well, we have clarification on all this. It start this all started with Dan DiDio addressing the Comics Pro um, organization 
And his comments were meant only for that gathering or only for those people. And um, now this here doesn't directly quote him, but it basically pulls the information out of it. And it says that um, after some of his remarks were leaked and uh, and misconstrued, Dio offered clarification to the retailers. After that, he took he went to Facebook to address the fan concerns directly. Now this I this is what he actually um, <coughs> said from um, all of the sources above, and it, it represents the most current and accurate information that is out there. Number one, it said the number of monthly titles. Remember, we said we saw that they may be cutting back by as much as twenty-two percent or so. Uh, there were rumors about the new twenty-two instead of so. There's only twenty-two titles. Well, it says um, the line has already been cut by ten to fifteen percent. Remember, the one retailer was talking about that last week that all the cuts we're going to see are have already been made. And really, yeah. they were eliminating the weaker performing books, which is a standard thing, and freeing up space for DC Zoom and DC Inc. titles that are coming out later this year. It says the rumors about the new 22 basically cutting the line by 75% and only putting out 22 monthly titles was way inaccurate. Next up was collected editions, which is your trade paperbacks. The deal confirmed that there would be a reduction in um, here to ease an overcrowded marketplace. Because remember, as of right now, as soon um, pretty much it feels like as soon as they put six issues of something out, they put out a trade. Right, which is convenient for people that uh, don't want to would like to save space, I guess. Yeah. Well, it says that um, he confirmed that there um, is going to be a reduction to ease the overcrowded marketplace, and also that there are plans underway to rethink the content assembly. Of future collections. This department was uh, one of the ones impacted by the recent layoffs. Remember a couple months ago, we talked about how DC went through and laid off a bunch of people? Well, this yeah. was one of the departments that was affected by that. Next up, we have Batman Damned issue number three, which is not out yet. It should have been out. Um, the, the first one was what? I believe October. Then the second was December. So yeah. it, on yeah. that schedule, we should have had one in February. Well, it looks like it's going to be out in May as it was announced. Um, and issue one is going to be edited for the upcoming collected um, edition coming later this year. So huh. that's something they so, already uh, said before, that they were going to edit that at least one panel out of that book. So they're removing Batman's... Uh, yes. Batman. <laughs> so, and, I, and actually, I read the book, and I didn't... Like I said, I didn't even notice that when it first came out. Yeah, you can barely yeah. tell. So, I mean, it's obviously there when you look for it, but... Yeah, when you look for it, but I mean... and it, Bart, I don't know if you've heard us uh, talk about this before, but my thing is, that's like, everyone that got upset about that, that's like you go into a rated R movie and something inappropriate and there's someone's like, oh, we shouldn't have been able to see, it's a rated R movie, of course. Exactly. You read the label. The black like, label literally says for mature readers, so. The, the row of kids. Yeah. To read it. The row of <laughs> like, kids in the front row at Watchmen. Yeah, really, you thought you thought that was okay for an R-rated movie and now you're complaining? Yeah. Yeah. So, or, the, or the parents uh, like who took said, their that's... kids to see Deadpool. <laughs> oh yeah, so many people, so many people took their kids to that. Yeah, it's like don't let your kid. It says rated R or mature reading, like it says it on there. I was like, you know, it's like the same things of uh, parents that complain about their kids playing mature games. Like these things are too violent for my child. Your child shouldn't be playing it. <laughs> There's a rating on it for a reason. So yeah. I, I don't. I like said I don't get the uproar, but I, it got so bad. It's got edited out. I don't know why they just didn't keep printing more. Whatever. So that's like I said. I really think that messed up the Batman Damned issues. I think that's yeah. one reason why so many delays. They have to go back and re-edit a lot of things. And who knows what would have been the other ones? 
You know, I did. I they did probably see have to a, go um, back and take certain things out when it could just. I don't know. Could have been a monthly thing. I did see a rumor though that um, Batman Damned actually, when that was released, it hadn't totally. Um, that had slipped under the radar to the, where the people just did Dio and them didn't notice that was even there. Oh, that's really? One of the rumors I've heard. That's not a. That's not um, confirmed. Fact. Okay. But um, the next up after Batman Damned, which um, remember, and hopefully once they get this situated, they, we can actually get to see more of uh, Black Label come out a little more often, maybe. But we'll find out. We get um, the next point here was talent. Didio stated clearly that the publisher will still be investing in new freelance talent and that rate cuts were not being considered as a profit solution. Because remember, DC is still officially in second place in the say in the market. Yeah, they we're still up there. Um, Which is funny because as I was looking for stories this this week, uh, um, everybody's running these stories saying how um, Disney may be considering cutting Marvel and um, shutting down Marvel because it's not making enough money or something. Wait, yeah, what? Right. <laughs> I do not see that ever happening. I don't either. Until they start, if they start time. bombing every movie, but their track record. Well, no, they, they were considering shutting down the comic line is what they're saying. No, yeah. get out of here. There ain't no way. Yeah. Well, the no. next one is one I'm actually kind of excited about. It says Walmart. Now, I actually was able this weekend. I found um, now that I know where to look for these 100 page giants. Mm. They're not in the magazines. They're in with all where Which... your um, sports cards, the collectible cards and that type of thing is where the magic cards and Pokemon and all that is at Walmart. Which is so confusing. That's where <laughs> these are at. I did. I got Swamp Thing number one, the hundred page giant number one, and I got Titans, hundred page giant number one, out this. Yeah, week. Jude. Jude has a the holiday special. Some one, whatever, whichever one came out for the um, Walmart specials and uh, something yeah. else. I got that and last I, week, or um, last month. I have it oh, actually sitting right here. Yep, that's not, the one. I got to sit down to read it through it, and I got to read through the other two probably tonight because um, I'm yeah. interested in um, Tim Sealer's, uh Swamp Thing story. See, I like I said, I haven't. When I was looking at Ford at Walmart, I couldn't find it, and I just haven't been back to look yet. So now I know why. Now you know why, though. Yes, you got to look where all the cards are. Um, and in Titans that I just got number one is actually the reformatted Teen Titans. That um, there's so they've made it so there's a Titan story in there. There's also a brand new Teen Titan story that goes in the same storyline that was running in the Teen Titans hundred page Giants. So you get two okay. new stories in that one, plus the other backup stories. It's a little connection there. It is still quite possibly the mo- the uh, best value in comic books today. These 100-page giants at $5, you get yeah. 15 to 20 pages of brand new story at, at least, and then the rest of it is reprints, but it's still stuff that you may not have read yet. It is perfect for getting, um, like they're aiming it at here, people who don't normally buy comic books. I think Walmart should put it on with a magazine rack that way because random people that uh, wouldn't normally look for comic books are probably not going to be looking where these comics are sitting at. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not, I wasn't like I didn't know they were sitting there, um, but if they're putting it by the cards and stuff. I'm sure if there's any um, Pokemon collectors, Yu-Gi-Oh card players. Yeah. It's good for them, but I just think it should be somewhere else in the store. Like I, said, I was looking for books and the they books, should make it a little easier to find. Yeah, the uh, comic collectors and collectibles collectors are going to find them. I'm not yes. sure how much everybody else is, but I guess they've been doing well. Uh, it says here that um, the, now this the last point they made was Walmart. Remember, I said that the line's canceled. It's not canceled. It's canceled. It's not. Well, this perhaps is the most misreported topic of all. Uh, first, they're going to 
uh, we'll look here at actual what Dan Tadio said on Facebook. Successful and continuing. That is talking about the Walmart line. For those fans of the DC Giants at Walmart, have have to clear up some misinformation making the rounds. Just want to let you know, these books are go- doing well. So well that we are looking to expand the number of original pages in each issue or each book and include distribution to the direct market also. Look for these and new titles later this year. The promise is to keep one, um, keep it one of the best values it, and reading experiences in the market. So this is not going anywhere. Um, the difference is they're gonna they want to expand it and they want to put it out on the comic shop shelves at all also. Mm, um, so good. Walmart will still be carrying sure. them, but not just not exclusively. But Walmart does have remember those blind bag exclusive black and white figures. Did you hear about that, Vern? I don't know if you caught that last week. What the black and white toys? Yeah, you know that. Well, you we've seen the uh, Batman black and white figures. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay, gotcha. They're gotcha. actually Walmart has exclusive four inch um, Batman black and white figures that uh, are coming in a blind bag. There's four waves. It's six um, figures in each. And then if you go to the to um, the local comic shop, the comic shops can get them in the uh, in a box set with an exclusive seventh figure. So if you don't want to go through the blind bags, you can actually buy it from your local comic shop. Now I know my comic shop, Kemore uh, here is not. He said he doesn't. He hasn't ordered any, but he can order it if I want. If someone wants to get it, so even you if the com- local comic shop doesn't have it, check with them. They probably will be able to order it in for you. Um, I uh, think they should just start selling those out to stores and then take the exclusive thing off for Walmart. Um, but I get they want to start. It's just weird seeing that Walmart, like not yeah. Barnes and Nobles yeah. or. Yeah library and just well that's why they made the box sets well, available to everybody else true now one of the complaints um up to now was that the direct market retailers didn't have access to any of the material that was in these giant 100 page giants but um it does say here that dc will be representing these stories to the direct market in either a graphic novel or a part of an anthology of some sort like the um, Halloween specials and stuff. So the yeah. stories we've missed so far, like I would love to see what Tim uh, Tom King did with Batman or what um, Bendis has done in um, – or what Tom King has done with Superman or Bendis has done in Batman. So it looks like we will be able to get those stories. We just got to um, see how they're going to be putting them out. Mm. So – but unless you guys found something else, I think that's the end of our stories for this week. Yeah, I found that one a uh, little while ago. That was all I had. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that means we got one more thing to do. Let's go to the show. And that sound can only mean one thing. It's time to take our weekly trip to the comic shop. This week's comic shop pull list is for... Uh, what is it? March 6th, 2018 or 2019 or six, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have 12 books on the list for this week. And, uh, Bart, would you like to take the first one with us since you're the guest for this week? Sure. The first one is Adventures of the Super Sons, number eight. In car- uh, it is arts done by Matt Santarelli and Carlo Barberi. Uh, and it's written by Peter J. Tomasi. 
Incarcerated on the prison planet of Tacron Galtos, Superboy and Robin face off against their fellow inmate, Rex Luthor, and the newest members of the gang. But Robin has a plan, and it involves a piece of glittering jewelry called a Green Lantern Ring. Be here for the start of No Evil Shall Escape Their Sight. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, The Green Lantern Ring is the eye catcher. Is this a chance? Maybe this is where we're going to get Teen Lantern. That's now in Young Justice. Maybe right, this oh, is where she gets her ring. Where the heck did you come from? I'm still sitting on the fact that that there's a chance. Well, no, do we have we have Young Justice later? I'll talk. We'll talk about that here when we get to Young Justice. But um, the cool yeah. thing with this is seeing that this is the original Superboy and um, Damien still, even though in action Superboy is like 17 now. Right. Or no, well, he in Superman. He's come back in Superman. Not. He's not in action yet. Right, uh, but it's weird just seeing now we have two of them. I mm-hmm. guess we have so many Robins, doesn't matter. Well, this, this is a um, short-run 12-part uh, maxi series, so this is actually in the past, in the timeline, I guess, as of now. Okay. So we just haven't got to the end of it yet. Uh, uh, Vern, you want to take up the next one? Yeah, I got it. I do the Batman 66. By the way, Detective Comics uh, 999 was uh, really good. Oh, Detective was awesome setting up. Remember, at the end of this month, we get Detective number 1,000. I've already ordered. I did um, put in an um, order for that. That's why I was 80, 80 years of Detective Comics hardcover. I yeah, did that's put what an I order for that. earlier. Because I have um, the action one. Whoops, but go ahead with Batman number 66. What? Batman issue number 66. The Nightmare's storyline continues. Something or someone is forcing Batman to live through some of the darkest fears. Amplifying the Dark Knight's uh, anxieties and reimagining some of his worst traumas. Now that Batman has become aware of the nature of these delusions, he must find a way to break through and find out the source of the deception. Deception. So, So, who does he uh, turn to for answers? Why the question, of course. But is Vic Sage just another fragment of the Cape Crusader's imagination? That's the second time I, um, I'm getting a question. You're going with Batman, now we're going, mm-hmm. or we're going with Superman, now we're getting with Batman. And the art's done by George Warnes uh, and written, of course, by Tom King. This is interesting that we because we knew Tom King was bringing the question back, but no one knew right. what question is he bringing. Where like they're bringing back Vic Sage was the original question, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, he is. He's so the one like that Renee was on the is no longer cartoon, the question. He brought theory. back Vic, or at least in this incarnation. Right. Being the fact that the, um, someone's messing with Batman's head, this could be, uh, it could be either way. It could be just that he remembers Vic, or like they're saying here, it could be, actually be him. Now, what happened to Vic that he was no longer questioned? Did they, do you know? Uh, he, he died. can't remember if he had a heart failure, cancer. I can't remember, but he, he died, and he gave it up to Renee Montoya as his uh, predecessor. Okay. Cause he, well, he was probably old at that point because the question's been around for years. I don't think he was that old. I don't remember. I don't think he was that old. He just had some, some he had some type of disease and it was causing him, well, of course, death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that that's what did. I just can't remember what it was. I need to Google that, actually. Okay. Well, I'll let you look that up because I can um, talk about Deathstroke number 41. A prelude to the Terminus Agenda. The road to the highly anticipated Teen Titans Deathstroke crossover event starts here. Is it me or does it seem like he's been crossing over with everybody for the last year? <laughs> Yeah, he really has. This is a different kind of Deathstroke, I can tell you that. Yeah, we had Deathstroke and Batman for like six issues at the beginning of the year. Then we had the whole Arkham storyline of uh, Deathstroke versus Arkham Asylum in general. 
And now we're going to have Deathstroke versus Teen Titans, which actually kind of works because he's supposed to be going against the Teen Titans. But <laughs> now um, back to the road to the highly anticipated Teen Titans Deathstroke crossover event starts here. Deathstroke's body count has grown even higher after murdering his therapist en route to escaping from Arkham Asylum, which prompts Commissioner Gordon to expose Slade's identity as Deathstroke to the public. Now the world's most wanted criminal, the walls are closing in on Slade Wilson, and a new threat, Damian Wayne's newest Teen Titans, waits around the corner. Is there any hope for, of escape for the world's deadliest assassin? Art is done by Jason Paz and written by Larry Stroman. And it's, or I'm sorry, Jason Paz and Larry Stroman both do the art, and Christopher Reese, Priest was the writer. This is interesting. Does it, looking at this and seeing what they've done with Titans recently, does this mean Deathstroke is destined for the uh, the hidden prison underneath the Titans' lair? I don't know. Maybe. So, Bart, I believe you have the next one. Next one is Female Furies number two. Uh, Arched by Adriana Mello and written by Cecile Castellucci. The Female Furies have a terrible secret that could get them all banished to the deepest pit of apocalypse. They thought that they thought they got away with killing Steppenwolf's nephew, but now that he's been reported... Now that he's been reported missing, the protectors are sticking their noses into everyone's business in hopes of finding their lost comrade. Meanwhile, Ariely's tormentor, Protector Willix, applies more pressure on her. Does he know more than he lets on? Regardless, it's affecting Ariely's ability to lead the Furies, causing friction between her and Big Barda and forcing Granny Goodness to take drastic action. Yeah, the first issue of this was actually really, really good. Uh, and it was cool to, it was interesting to see that, um, I mean, they're using this to make a political statement too, but to see the, the women on Apocalypse are fighting back and trying everything they can to be treated as, the same as the men. And it's kind of what you would expect from Apocalypse being um, the DC Universe's version of Hell is Apocalypse, just like right. Genesis is supposed to be their version of Heaven. Well, right. in, a, in hell, women are a subjugated um, rate or sex, just like they were at one point here. They were, um, we've grown to learn that women are just as good as men at everything. And hopefully at some point they'll be able to show this on Apocalypse through this show or through this book. And um, this next one we have is you get Green Arrow. final issue of this one. And this is, uh, yeah, and this is also the big, big, big size annual um well, this, this is, is green arrow issue number 50 an annual spinning out of the events of justice league no justice and heroes in crisis that is getting so dark um mm -hmm. when the black ops uh, organization discovers green arrows long held secret a mysterious weapon in the form of a box given him uh, by the justice league given to him by the justice league they'll deploy their top undercover agent black canary on opposite sides of the uh uh, for, uh, for, yeah, I can't. Or, yeah, can't speak right now either. This uh, fierce thing, uh, secret right. uh, Green Arrow right. and Black Canary will clash as only two lovers can, of course, <laughs> by aiming straight for the heart. A mystery six months in the making. The box that can destroy the Justice League will be open, and for Emerald Archer's world will be forever changed in this exercise anniversary issue of Green Arrow's life isn't just ending; it's beginning. To go is begin is burning to the ground. Um, art done by Javier Fernandez, written by Jackson uh, Luising and Colin Kelly. 
Now, this box was given to me, if I'm correct, by Martian Manhunter, right? Yes. It, yeah, that was... knows what it is. It was just a box. He said, if something happens and the Justice League needs stopped, this is what does it. Now, in this issue, we don't know if they need to be stopped or not, or is he just getting sick and tired of everything that's been happening with the death of Roy? And he really feels... I wonder if he's going to open this because he feels like the Justice League is responsible for the death of Roy. Well, we already know he feels like that, but... Yeah. I don't know if he yeah. thinks now they're out of control. Well, all they were trying to do was help. So I don't know what's going to cause him exactly to open the box. I'm really curious what's in it. Yeah, or is it this other agency, that, um, the Black Ops organization that has Canary in here, that they want that box, and maybe during the fight it gets opened up? I don't know. Who knows? It's going to be knows? interesting because we do know this is the end of Green Arrow in this iteration. You're right. So, I mean, obviously Green Arrow, Canary, uh, Emiko, none of them are going anywhere. So be back for sure. Just even if it's another book where they might do this like they did uh, Hal Jordan, just give a new name. They might just cut off Green Arrow and call it Arrow. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll fi- we will find out here uh, tomorrow, or actually today, as of um, when we release this. True. So uh, I guess that le- brings this one up to me. It's Harley Quinn number four fifty nine. Yeah, another one. I said Doom Patrol is crazy in all the right ways. Well, th- Harley fits that bill also. <laughs> When Harley Quinn awoke one morning from a from troubled dreams, she found herself transformed into a horrible vermin. What the heck's going on, she thought. But it wasn't a, just a dream. It was the next trial of Harley Quinn. Art is done by Sammy Basri and is written by Sam Humphreys. This whole idea of her getting tried to see if she's worthy is a kind of an interesting concept in these books. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to see where I can pre-order this uh, Detective Comics. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go down to the comic shop tomorrow and order it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can do it from here. But So, Bart, you got the next one? Uh, the next one is Suicide Squad Black Files number five. Uh, art by Scott Eaton and Philippe Friones. And written by uh, Jai Nitz and Mike Barr. Katana's spirit is still trapped in the body of the evil Eve, and now she must combat the schemes of Cobra with the Suicide Squad and Halo in hot pursuit. But will Halo recognize the real Katana in time? Plus, back from the dead and behind the eight ball, the magic users of Suicide Squad Black return to Earth, and the situation is worse than ever before. Sebastian Faust is on the cusp of eliminating all magic and has possessed Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, and Killer Croc to do his bidding. Waller has to pull out all the stops to save the world and avoid losing both her teams. Not everyone will make it out alive. Dum dum dum! <laughs> I believe there's one more issue of this. I think this was a six issue mini also. Yeah, it was. Most of the, these Suicide Squad. Issues like that are the ones when they're doing like a back uh, cover mission or anything like that. Ones we don't know about that's focused into the main story. Um, but next up, th- I'm getting all the last issues. Yeah, you get week. another finale. Yeah, um, this is Curse of Brimstone. Uh, that's the final issue. Um, in this epic finale, as Brimstone struggles to fight the Dark Multiverse, uh, brings who? Uh, bar- yeah, the Dark Multiverse uh, begin brings to manage to come through from their home office to our world. Uh, the chance to lift the curse of the Brimstone is offered, but with Annie's life in the grip of the salesman, Brimstone is forced to choose between his own family, left the uh, sanity left in him. And as they sa- I said before, this is the final issue. Um, now, I'm looking at this cover, and all I can think about is this is totally 
Ghost Rider with Blue Flames. Well, this has always been Ghost Rider, this whole book. Yeah. I mean, this this guy, whatever this guy is coming after him, looks like they, he's wearing a leather jacket and everything, got the flame hair. Um, but art is done by John uh, Santicelli, uh, Danny Cohen, and written by Justin Jordan. Yeah, Brimstone's been an interesting run, but yeah, I think it would have, since it was a 12 issue here, it would have been better. I think it would have done better as just a straight um, 12 issue maxi series. Yeah, I which mean, is basically what we got. That's anyway. all he got out of it. So um, next uh, up, we get and it, what and it makes it some for me. Um, I was si- sorry to see uh, damage go, but this is one I yeah. hope they're going to keep going. Sideways ended last week, Sadly. and um, I, I can definitely see Sideways joining like the Teen Titans or the Titans or something like that. He should. Uh, like I said, my favorite ones was Silencer, uh, oh. um, Damage sideways and uh the terrifics yeah well we know that um silencer and terrifics are still going sideways i they left it open enough that he can still do stuff this one i would not be i would not be sad if um brimstone was done here and he actually gives up the powers i think that should be what they do and if he ever wants it back again they want to put him back in some more comics they can it's dc where they know how they can always tie stuff in uh, but I still think it's really funny. We got to see Silencer on this season of The Arrow. That's yeah. still <laughs> well, brand that shows new. how strong that char- that book is right now. Yeah, wasn't she like two months into the comics when they put her on the show? I was like, wait no, a minute. She was she, she was in this fall, and Silencer came out last spring. Was that last spring? Really? Yeah. Man. Well, my next one though is the Green the Green Lantern number five, Black Star at Zenith. Hal Jordan has abandoned the Green Lantern Corps to join the Black Stars, but to do so. He'll need to convince their leader, Countess uh, Belzebeth, and pass an initiation test, which means he must survive a series of trials on the vampire planet Vor, whose entire population wants to feast upon him. It's cosmic goth at its bloodiest, with a cliffhanger that's even bloodier. Art is done by Liam Sharp and is written by Grant Morrison. This has been an interesting book, and it just feels like an older title, like something out of the 80s or 90s. Since the, since Morrison's been doing this, yeah, I mean, even the covers look like something from out of the. He looks more like it he did in the nineties. Yeah, well, Bart, you got the All next right. one for your last one for the week. Yes, uh, Young Justice number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis and arts by Victor Boganovic and Patrick Gleason. Young Justice is back. Bendis and Gleason reunite all your favorites in one place. Robin. Tim Drake, the best Robin, and Amethyst, best princess of Gemworld, team with Wonder Girl, Jimmy, Jenny Hex, and the new Teen Lantern, not even close to the best Green Lantern, to take back the mysterious Gemworld from the evil forces of Dark Opal. Meanwhile, the, reun- the reunited Impulse and Superboy have a lot of explaining to do. Also in this issue, find out where Connor Kent has been all this time. Yeah, I'm wondering what happened with that. Like um, I said, the best Robin, because Tim is the best Robin. The interesting thing, uh-huh. you you mentioned Amethyst there. I, I was at Cleveland Concoction this weekend, and um, I guess they had someone who donated a whole bunch of books to them, and um, the comic books, and I saw sitting on a table, they had an actual Amethyst comic from the late 90s just sitting on a table. Um, oh, wow. Someone. I'm like, dude, that's kind of sweet. But um, no, Teen Lantern here, I was try- starting to touch on it earlier. I am still pushing that 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 that's Simon Baz's ring. 
We have not seen yeah. Simon since Green Lantern's finished. So who knows what happened to him? Yeah, we don't know what how Teen Lantern came about, where she comes from, or anything else. I think that's Simon Baz's ring that chose her, and she's not really been trained yet. Yeah. With all the different things going on with the Green Lantern Corps right now, somehow she fell under the radar or something, and she's kind of teaching herself how to use it. Uh, we'll find next out one as is, this goes, though, so. This next one's epic. Of course, this is Doomsday Clock issue number nine. The critically acclaimed series by master storytellers Jeff Johns and Gary Frank reaches its most shocking chapter yet when the DC Universe slides with the its greatest threat, Dr. Manhattan. About time. But nothing is hidden from the from Manhattan. And the secrets of the past, present, and future will rock the very foundation of DC Universe. It sounds like finally we're going to get our answer. Uh, of course, art done by Gary Frank and written by Jeff Johns. Yeah, it's, it's taken a long time to get here. And we still have three more books after this. Uh, now, last week, I, you weren't here with me, Vern, because you were out training. But we did see a pencil sketch from Doomsday Clock number 10 has the return of the uh, Justice Society. And this one looks like we're getting more um, Legion because the cover of this has a Legion of Superheroes ring flying through space. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will get the Legion no, brought in. Uh, Saturn Girl is the reason why. Yeah. So maybe we'll know what's going on with the Legion finally. And the final book we have for this week is Justice League number 19, The Sixth Dimension, Part 1. At last, the Justice League has the map of the Sixth Dimension in hand, and with it, they have the key to saving the multiverse from utter destruction. But things things aren't as simple as they seem, because they still seem to, to get, or they still need to get to the doorway. And to do that, they'll have to go through the only being in all of existence who can get to who can get them there, Mister Mixius Pitlick. And he's back. Yes. And this is the second time in two months we've seen him. Because remember, he was in um, Wonder Twins number one also. Yes, he was. And they uh, had to figure out how to defeat him, which was pretty easy for them. But the Justice yeah, League the was Wonder Twins, it was easy. The Justice League couldn't figure it out. Right. Well, which is weird because they should have figured that out by now. How many times have you dealt with this guy? Well, the art is done by George Jimenez and is written by George Jimenez and Scott Snyder. Yeah, Mr. Missy Piccolo should not be that difficult to defeat at this point. They've only Seriously. known about him for the, since, what, the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that brings us, I believe, to the end of another issue. Yes, it does. Okay, Super Friends, thanks for hanging out with us. We didn't have a whole lot of news, but the news we got had some cool stuff in it. And um, Bart, I want to thank you for coming and hanging out with us and jumping across no the problem. multiverse. You're all over the multiverse this week uh, with your show and everything else. Why don't you let everybody know where else they can find you? Uh, you can find me on. Okay, good. I was worried that was my mic. <laughs> you can find me on Tales from the Darkness uh, with Victoria. Uh, we are we usually end up coming out about the same day that uh, DC Superpowers does. And we're on everywhere you we're everywhere that you can find DC Superpowers. Okay, what was that called again? Tales from the Darkness. Uh, what is Tales from the Darkness? Tales from the Darkness is any bizarre, supernatural, paranormal, weird science story that's out there. And we just dissect it. Sounds awesome. Well, Vern, why don't you let everybody know how they can get a hold of us? 
guys, first of all, you can go to our website, dcsuperpowers.com, and from there you can find our merchandise page. You can find some t-shirts. Um, you can also find some cups, some mugs, if you guys want some of those. Drink out of They look really nice. Me and Ken have some. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Also, check our sponsors page. we got a lot of stuff on there, four different sponsors, and you check them out. Um, also, we can find links to our social media and our YouTube videos and our pictures when we go to different uh, cons. Um, also, you can find us on our social media pages, which are DC Superpowers Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and on Twitter, we are just at Superpowers DC. Uh, my personal uh, social media, you can find me, Hal Nut Wolf, on um, Instagram, Twitter, I'm Yellow, and I'm Bernie McWaymore on Facebook. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, or Twitter and Instagram at GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm Ken Rose. You can also email us, G- DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com we are all proud members of the Tangibound and Weeby Geeks networks at tangiboundnetwork.com and weebygeekspc.com and with that I believe that's the end of another show once again Bart thank you for hanging out with us happy to be here you did it Vernon thank you for hanging out with us glad to hear you back with us brother and I was saying I didn't lose a touch on the <laughs> didn't lose a step on the sponsoring the it's clubs. a whole lot that the clothes goes a whole lot easier when you're doing your side of it. I, if I got to remember your side and my side, it all falls apart. And so, Super Friends, thank you for hanging out, and we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye.